This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to The Game Changers, a podcast that highlights the success of female athletes across Northwest Arkansas and beyond. Here's your host, Ethan Westerman of the Hog Sports Network. Everyone, welcome into The Game Changers podcast. Uh, today is Friday, December 8th, and Arkansas is in the NCAA Volleyball Tournament Elite Eight for the first time. Um, what a performance last night from the Razorbacks. Um, they defeated Kentucky in five sets and advanced to the regional final against Nebraska. I'm your host, Ethan Westerman. want to thank you for tuning in. And let's talk a little bit more about that match. I mean, Arkansas lost the first set, and to be honest, things kind of looked a little bleak. Um, Kentucky won that first set 25-22, which, I mean, is a relatively close score. But in the moment, it felt like the whole match was about to be an uphill battle for the Razorbacks. Um, they were down in that first set 24-17 and kind of rattled off a 5-0 run near the end to make the score uh, look better than the set kind of felt. Um, but, man, they carried that momentum from the end of the first set into the remainder of the match. Um Things were super tight in that second set. Um, it was tied 13 times, um, including a final time at 22-22. But that's when the Razorbacks scored uh, the final three points of the set. Um, it ended with Courtney Jackson getting a service ace uh, that even the match at 1-1. Arkansas won that one 25-22, which was actually the score of three sets in it in the match. Um the third set, that one was all Arkansas. Um, the Razorbacks hit 407 and just dominated that set 25-15 um, to take a 2-1 lead in the match, and it really just shifted all the pressure on Kentucky. Um, but Kentucky is a good team. They've been there. They won the national championship not long ago, so it's a team that knows how to perform under pressure. They responded and bounced back in the fourth set, won that one 25-22, and it forced a deciding fifth set, which if you're – not familiar with like the rules of volleyball. Uh, the fifth set just goes to 15 points. Um, it's just kind of a toss-up, to be honest, um, because you aren't going to 25 anymore, so it's really just whoever gets hot uh, kind of at the start. Um, you go to 15, and the teams swap sides of the court once one team gets to eight points. Well, the Razorbacks got their first last night. Um, they took an 8-4 lead, um, and you're kind of feeling good, like, oh, wow, they're really coming out strong. But then it felt like things might be slipping away. Kentucky got three in a row, made it eight to seven. And it just kind of felt in the moment to me like, oh, man, it's it's is the moment too big for the Razorbacks? They had only been to the Sweet 16 once before, and it was before, you know, every player was alive. It was 1998. Um, so you just wondered how would they respond. And they did. Um, they closed with a 7-3 run to finish that deciding fifth set, and it fittingly ended with Jill Gillen, who's um, just the record holder in so many categories for the program, undersized 5-7 outside hitter. It, it ended with her um, punching the program's first ticket to the Elite Eight with a big kill. Um, really cool moment for them. Um, really cool moment for the program. I mean, just how far they've climbed uh, over the time that Jason Watson's been here. Um, Jill Gillen had 20 kills in the match. She hit 391. Uh, Maggie Cartwright had 15 kills. Taylor Head had 13 kills. Hannah Hogue had uh, 43 assists and 17 digs. Um, Courtney Jackson, 19 digs. And the Razorbacks, they did what not many people thought they would do um, by beating Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky had actually beaten Arkansas 19 consecutive times uh, going back to 2012. 
Um, a lot of these players, the last time Arkansas had beaten um, had beaten Kentucky, were like in middle school or elementary school. So um, it was a long time coming for them to to snap that that losing skid against um, against Kentucky, and then it happened on just a huge stage like that. Um, you know, and kind of the craziest thing about it to me is. Kentucky had just gotten done sweeping Arkansas about two weeks ago uh, in Barnhill Arena. It was a match that decided the SEC championship. The two teams entered in there, and it was kind of a winner-take-all scenario. Um, and the Razorbacks have been so good at home this year, so it was kind of that match made you feel like, oh, goodness, um, Kentucky might just be the better team. Um, and then, you know, on the biggest stage, the Razorbacks once again show that they can overcome, you know, kind of being counted out. Uh, huge win for them. The Razorbacks have another tall task ahead. They play number one Nebraska at 5 p.m. Saturday on ESPNU. Um, should be a packed house there. That's how Nebraska does volleyball. I, I'm sure a lot of people remember they packed a football stadium for a volleyball game this year. Um, they care about it a lot there. So the Razorbacks are going to be playing in an environment that they really have never played in probably their whole lives. Um Playing Nebraska, that's going to be a tough task. But, man, such a likable Arkansas volleyball team. You know, kind of talked about it all year that they just – they play so just with a chip on their shoulder. Like, because it's a bunch of players who were told out of high school, like, that they don't have what it takes to make it on a college team. Arkansas, for many of them, was their only Power 5 offer. Um, they like Jill Gillen is she's five seven and people just thought, oh, you can never do what you're like what you did in high school in the college game. You're just too too small. It's a really likable team because all of them got told no so many times in their life that um and they started off their college career with, I mean, things were bleak. They this Arkansas program was not very good uh whenever whenever they arrived as freshmen and they weren't very good up until you know, that COVID year, um, whenever they started to kind of turn things around a little bit and it's just made this steady climb. Uh, it's a really likable team. What Jason Watson's done with them is incredible. Um, you know, I was telling somebody yesterday, it's maybe like following this team has been maybe the best like feel good story I think I've ever covered. Like with the team, it's just, they are so likable. I don't know how else to put it. Um, they just, they're a team that I think a lot of people can rally behind. I mean, you could tell yesterday, uh, on that broadcast that people kind of were pulling for Arkansas. I mean, just they're the the complete, um, you know, embodiment of what it means to be an underdog. And there they are. They're in the Elite Eight. So huge, huge win for them. Uh, moving on to Arkansas basketball, uh, the women's basketball team reached the century mark uh, last night. They picked up their eighth win of the season uh, with a 100-60 to victory over Louisiana Tech. Uh, the Razorbacks got up. 10 nothing before most people could even find their seats. Um, they just set the game's tone pretty much immediately in the first two minutes, uh, getting up 10 nothing. Uh, they shot lights out from three-point range last night. They went 14 of 28. Um, for those of you who are not very good at math like me, that is 50%. Um, so it was by far their best shooting performance yet of the year. Uh, Talia Scott, she had 29 points on 12 of 16 shooting which included five of eight from three-point range. So a really efficient game for her. Um, She's won SEC Freshman of the Week three consecutive weeks. Um, And she's sixth in the nation, averaging 23.8 points per game. She's proving that she is 
more than ready for the college game. Uh, really, you know, coming out of high school, whenever you get a highly rated recruit like her, you wonder, um, is it going to translate? She has left no doubt. Uh, Samara Spencer had 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. Michaela Daniels had 12 points, 7 assists, and 6 rebounds. And then Sailor Poffenbarger, who's been on this podcast before, she had 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 steals. Uh, the Razorbacks improved to 8-2 and two ahead of a game this Sunday against UAPB. Well, we've talked about her a ton on this podcast before. Um, and on the other end of this break, I'll be joined by Talia Scott of the Arkansas women's basketball team. You're listening to the Game Changers podcast. Get the latest breaking news on all Arkansas Razorback sports at wholehogsports.com. Our award-winning reporters and photographers go beyond game recaps to bring our subscribers the most trusted Razorbacks news anywhere. With expert analysis, the latest in recruiting, plus unique and compelling stories of your favorite teams. Subscribe today at wholehogsports.com. Well, super happy to have Talia Scott on the show today. Um, Talia is taking college basketball by storm. Um, I mentioned on an episode of the basketball podcast of Mid-America before the season started uh, that I'd been to some of their practices. And I, I told you, I said, if you don't know her name right now, uh, it won't take long to learn it. And my goodness, Talia, here we are 10 games in to the year. And I'm already call- I already called you on the other podcast. I called you the president of the Bud Walton uh, Buckets Club. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that. And I also want to mention that you said uh, Khalif would be the vice president. I need to tell him that because, you know, we had some friendly competition about that. So I need to make sure he knows that, too. OK, cool. I was literally just about to tell you, I was about to say as chairman of the club, I made Caleb a <laughs> VP. So hope you like that. Uh, thanks again yes. for hopping on, Talia. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um on that basketball podcast, we started doing our Talia Scott fact of the week, which I'm sure if you heard that other thing you heard that we I give my Talia fact of the week. I'm about to give you one that um, I gave this one yesterday, and it changed since last night whenever you scored mm-hmm. 29 on Law Tech. If you did not score another point for the rest of the season, you would still average 7.7 points per game, which that's just kind of nuts to me. Um, how have you been able to translate what you did in high school to the college game pretty much just immediately? Yeah, um, I think it just is all credit to the work that I put in. Um, I make sure that I get my workouts and I get my shots in. I make sure I'm working hard so that when it comes to the game, it can translate extremely easily. Um, and I feel like the off-season work that I put in, in terms of lifting, conditioning, make sure my body is right and ready to go for the college game, um, I feel like that's been the biggest piece for my transition from high school to college. Um, I feel like compared to high school, I'm in a lot better shape than I was in. Um, I'm a lot. I'm physically a lot stronger um, than I was in high school. Um, and so I credit that to all the offseason work that I put in. Um, and then just all the belief that like my parents, my coaches have in me too. So we, me and you sat down about a month before the season began. And you talked a lot to me about like that experience of attending Steph Curry's camp uh, before your senior year of high school. I wrote about it. Um, but would you talk about that experience again and kind of what you got from from that? Yeah, so um, I spent four days out um, in Cali with Stephen Curry um, at his camp. Um, so it was the top 12 uh, high school seniors um, and then the top high school boys, whatever, um, 12 of them. So at that camp, just being able to be up close and like around um, and learning and taking advice and taking knowledge from Stephen Curry, like one of the greatest shooters to 
ever play the game. Um, and to see he's at where I want to be at. And he's the player that I want to be um, when I finish playing in my pro career, whatever, college pro, however that goes. Um, he's a player I want to be. And so being able to go to that camp, watch him work out. He did a little 20-minute workout for us. Watching him work out, watching him pay attention to the details, um, and watching how coachable he was by um, the people that were working him out. Um, and also being able to have a conversation with him about confidence and um, how he keeps his confidence high, even if he goes through shooting slumps. Um, and I feel like the biggest piece of advice that he gave to me was that you know that you put in work um, and you've done it a hundred times before. Um, so your confidence can be high because trust in the work. Um, you put in the work, you've done everything and you know what you are. So your confidence should always be high because you know what you are. Um, and I feel like I've been carrying that with me for the past 10 games and for basically since I went to this camp, my high school season, and then through the beginning of this season. Um, and so being around him, being at that camp, that was really impactful for me. And I felt like it helped me become a better player. You know, in your first five games as a freshman, I mean, you struggled from three, but then the pa the last five games, you're 42% from three. Did you remind yourself ever of kind of that conversation? Yeah, um, I have to remind myself a lot. On um, those first five games, in terms shooting-wise, it was hard for me because I came from where in high school where I was making those shots that I was taking here. Um, and so that was, that was a really hard stretch for me in terms of shooting. Um, and so I had to remind myself, like, okay, like the greatest shooter in the world told me that I have to trust in the work and I did the work and I know I prepared. So I have to keep the confidence high and keep playing. Like I'm going to make those shots next time. That next shot, that's mine. I'm going to make that shot. I'm going to make that next three pointer. Um, and then also like talking to my family, like during that stretch, um, I relied heavily on family um, because, you know, that's my support system. They talked me through, my dad talked me through, like, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. Like be patient. It's just, it's a transition. Um, and so those conversations with my dad and then looking back on what um, Curry told me, um, that really helped me push through. And I think that's why I'm doing so well shooting from three now in these past five games. We've talked about Steph Curry, just that camp being impactful for you. And um, I'm just curious, you know, on the topic of just like men's players on the on the men's team at Arkansas. Are there any do you have any friends on that team that give you encouragement that you're kind of close with? Um, yeah, I'll say Layden, uh, the other freshman, you know, he's always hyping me up. I'll always keep my head high, keep my confidence high. Um, and then also like Keon, like I'll talk to Keon and stuff, even though he's not playing, like he's really supportive of, of me and what I do. Um, and then also their DA, um, I was working out with him in the summer. Um, when I got here, he was like putting me through some stuff or whatever. Um, and so Alec, he's been really helpful in watching film, breaking down film with me when he has the time to, um, and so I feel like those three people have really helped keep my confidence high, like on, in terms of the men's team. I want to talk about this freshman class in the nation. It is a stacked freshman class. I mean, it really feels like the, the game is in good hands moving forward. Um, I know you were invited to a lot of things, um, like the McDonald's all American game. You were part of slam volume four, four, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've spent a lot of time around, um, these other just star freshmen, just, are there any friends of yours that you're kind of celebrating seeing do well early? Yeah, um, me and Malaysia, we're really close. We've been good friends since uh, I went to USA Trials. It was the U16 Trials a couple of years ago. Um, and we've been close since then. We've played on the Under Armour circuit together. We went to a whole bunch, like most of the campsites we went to together. And so watching her do what she's doing at South Carolina, all her highlight plays she's making, like I'm really happy for her and she returns the love to me. Um, and so me and her, we... We, we're really close, and we support each other so much. And I can't wait to play against us when I play against her 
um, when that time comes during conference play. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't care what it is in life for anybody. Comparison something we all fall victim to, just comparing ourselves to mm-hmm. others that do similar stuff that we do. Just how do you keep yourself mentioning how good this freshman class is and honestly good players in every class around the nation. How do you keep yourself from kind of, from kind of falling in that trap of focusing on others instead of, you know, what you're doing? Yeah, um, my dad has always told me, like, comparison, that's the thief of joy, you know? Um, and so when you start comparing yourself to what other people are doing, how much hype they're getting, all this stuff, all the accolades, everything that they're getting, um, it kind of, you start to downplay what you're doing um, and downplay the impact that you're making on your team or that the good things that you've been doing. Um, and so, yeah, I like to look and check what they're doing, but I also have to remember that we're all in different positions and we're all playing um, and going into our situation the best that we can and playing through our situation the best we can. Um, and so I just like to look back on myself and reflect on myself. Like when I see the stuff like, okay, well, I've done this too. There's certain things that we've both done and there's certain things that they're probably looking at me like, oh, I wish I would have done what she's doing. And there's things I'm looking at them like, oh, I wish I'm doing what they're doing. But you just have to remember that we're all in different situations. We're all in different paths of our journey. Um, and we're all trying to work to get to the same place. Yeah. Talking about just being in different situations, you walked right into a situation with a very veteran backcourt of Mac and Sam. I mean, they have a combined 210 games under their belt in college. Um, you know, it's got to be hard as a freshman just immediately walking in and you're like, oh, wow, I'm all of a sudden, you know, performing with these players who have been there, done that. Just uh, how's that relationship kind of transformed over even just since game one this year, uh, kind of that relationship of um, you being with those vets? Yeah, um, I think coming in, you know, I knew that they, they've been here for two, Sam been here for two years, Max been here for this, her fifth year now. I mean, I knew they had a lot of experience. They had a lot of um game experience uh something that I didn't have yet um and so just you know going through practice like watching what they do um taking little bits and pieces I feel useful from their game putting into my game um and then just like just play like I've learned to be able to play with them um and be on the court together I think that's like a really big plus um for our team is being able to have all three of us on the court together um and be able to play together and so, yeah, when whenever I whenever I go and ask, like, for example, like Max for help and stuff or like, oh, I don't understand this part. I don't understand, like, what he means when he says when he says do this or what this term means. then she's always really helpful to explaining that to me. Um, and so I've really enjoyed that. And I love that about her. Yeah. You know, talking about another teammate of yours, Sailor, um, you know, t- we've talked a lot about this is just like a you know, you're coming on the scene this year. This this is like kind of so far a breakthrough season for Sailor too, just especially on the on the glass um, with what she's done. Um, talk about her a little bit. Like, what's it like having her as a teammate? I know she said last game at, or last night after the game, she said that it doesn't surprise her kind of what you're doing because she saw it in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she brings a lot of energy to the defense and into the glass. Um, a lot of these games that we won, like. For example, the Florida State game, we wouldn't have won without her. Um, in some of the early games that got close, we wouldn't have won without her because she does such a great and phenomenal job of rebounding the ball. Um, and then being able to push it, like as a big guard, being able to push it um, and start offense for us so we don't have to come back to the ball and get in, slow things down. But she makes transitions so much easier. Um, and her ability her ability to rebound just wows me. Like It's insane. Like When I looked up at Florida State and I saw she had 23 rebounds, I was like, that's that's really what we need. Like, that's something that this team really, really needed. And I feel like, um, even though I wasn't here the past years, like watching them since I've been committed, I was watching them. That's something that we had lacked in the previous years. 
and she's brought that and it's just made our team 20 times better yeah so i want to go back a little bit you you talked about your dad kind of at the top of the interview um i know he's kind of the person that you mainly credit for making you who you are in basketball um what's it been like having him you know there along for the not just like this exciting part of the journey in college that he's been there since you said whenever you were just like i want to you you did gymnastics and you were like i want to try basketball what's it been like having him you know see this whole journey yeah it's special it's really special um being able to just like confide him when like things are going good things are going bad he's always there he's always going to be there he's always going to keep it 100 with me um he he's my whenever like my confidence seems to be dropping a little bit he's there to raise it right back up to where it should be um and then being able to just because he played division one um didn't have the career necessarily that he wanted and being able to see him um watch me do what he wanted to do in college and be the player that he really wanted to be in college um it just makes me happy I know it makes him happy like being able to watch me um and so I I appreciate him so much he's been a huge part of this journey um and he's been there since I started playing and he's been a huge huge part and huge influence on me and why I still play this game um and then also like my mom too like my mom has been there from the beginning she handles all the behind the scenes things like she's so supportive like she didn't really play basketball but she's so supportive and like she learned the game because I wanted to play and so um having them like I just have a great support system at home like even my brother like I have a great support system and they're the reason why I am where I am today and doing how I am doing today little brother right yes a little brother 14 freshman in in high school yeah I think that at the Florida State game they panned at one point to Arkansas crowd and I was like that has to be Talia Scott's brother y'all look yeah he looks just like everybody (laughs) thought we were twins like back home because once he grew and got taller to me everybody thought we were twins I was like do not know he is four (laughs) years younger than me do not speed up his age no do not raise his age no he is not we are not twins (laughs) is he uh does he play he does play. He does play. He's in his freshman season. Uh, he's doing pretty well in high school. And so I'm excited to watch him. You know, when we go back to Florida, um, we have the little week break. I'll be able to catch one of his games. So I'm really excited for that. I really miss being being back home and watching him. So, you know, it's been fun, you know? All right. Last thing I want to ask you, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, All right. You, it was really interesting to me, you telling me just the process of you coming to art. Like you've been fully committed since the day you said verbally, I want to be here. And you did it on a visit. Yeah. I, I think Coach Neighbors, Coach Neighbors has said before, like it shocked everybody. Like it was like, this is really happening. Uh, will you talk about your recruiting process? Uh, what made you choose Arkansas over kind of those schools that you had narrowed it down to? Yeah. Um. I feel like Arkansas just, overall like especially basketball wise um it was the best fit for my game um the open system the fast playing the being able to play and make decisions um not being handcuffed to just running plays and running set after set after set but being able to just you know openly play um and then I credit neighbors like he allows me to shoot the shots that I've been shooting in high school um going to some of these programs I wouldn't be allowed to shoot some of the shots that um I'm shooting here and so he lets me play my game to how I play my game um, he hasn't tried to change me since I've been here. Um, and I feel like it was it was like a perfect fit when I'm when I'm looking at the basketball side of it. Um, the coaches are great. They're really supportive of me. Um, and so it was it was a perfect fit. Sweet. Well, everybody, once again, this was Talia Scott. She made time to do this in the middle of I think this was this was on the heels of a, a test, probably a final or at that time of year, yes. a test in lifting weights until you made time to do this. So Talia, really appreciate your time.
Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. I was, it was fun doing this. Each week on the Game Changers podcast, we highlight an athlete who's a game changer. But this week, I'm breaking the rules, and I'm not making it an athlete. We're going to make it a coach. Um, talked about him at the top of the show. But Jason Watson, Arkansas's volleyball coach, he's I mean, we're talking about being a game changer. He's completely changed the game with the volleyball program. Um, If you listen to his athletes speak about him, it's clear that they love him and they're fighting for him every single time they step on the court. He's someone who gave them a chance whenever nobody else was really willing to. Um, What he's done over his eight years is pretty remarkable. Just things looked very bleak there for a while. Uh, But that COVID-shortened schedule in 2020 is kind of where something flipped. Um, they went 14 and eight, which doesn't jump off the page to you, um, you know, but it changed belief within the program. Uh, they had gone 11 and 17 and 11 and 19 in the two seasons prior. Um, so I think that that shortened year by just finishing with a winning record, I mean, it just kind of changed maybe sparking a little belief in the program. Then the next year they went 20 and 11 and were left out of the NCAA tournament. Um, which that's a really good record to get left out of the, the tournament. And they kind of, they, they took it to heart. They, they, they said that you're counting us out just like everybody always has. And it left a huge chip on their shoulder. They talk about getting left out of that tournament all the time. Um, but then last year they, they continued building and, and they made the tournament. Um, they won one game in it, one match in it, but then exited in the second round, um, which just left them hungrier for more. And then this year was kind of just the breakthrough. Uh, by pretty much every benchmark, this is the best season that Arkansas has ever had. 28-5, um, and five, they're in the Elite Eight. They've continued to just prove people wrong. And a lot of this can be just attributed directly to Jason Watson. Um, he told me in September, whenever I wrote a story, um, that he owed a lot to the Arkansas administration for giving him time to build a program and what he said needed to be built the right way. Um, well, that patience has led to this, you know, hallmark channel story of a season that they're having. Um, and that's why Jason Watson is this week's Game Changer of the Week. Well, folks, this has been another episode of the Game Changers podcast. I'm Ethan Westerman. I appreciate you listening in, and I hope you have a good weekend. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.